Welcome everybody to the Captain Spot. I'm your host Justin Freeman. Six foot one inches, 275 pounds, fantasy knowledge. It's week 13. It's Sunday night. It's AFC West. It is Broncos at Chiefs. We're talking about a game with a 51 and a half point total. Chiefs favored by 13 because of course it's Patrick Mahomes against worse, you know, one of the worst uh, offensive defensive units in the league. Division rival Denver Broncos. This game will be in Arrowhead. It looks like it should be a runaway. Chiefs should just dominate this game whistle to whistle. That gives us some unique game theory options in terms of how we approach this in, you know, captain spot, showdown DFS, MVP level over on FanDuel, wherever you're playing. Uh, we want to make sure that we are, you know, taking advantage of the known game script. And this looks like a fun chance, uh, you know, to exercise those game theory chops. Uh, before we hop into the slate too deeply, quick reminder, go check out cptspot.com. You get some pretty exclusive offers, including $34.99 for the Captain Spot ebook. Make sure you want to pick that up. Everything you could ever hope to want to know about Showdown DFS. That's enough of the sales pitch. Let's hop right into the slate, starting with the injury report. There are three injury news and notes relevant to the uh, fantasy slate here tonight. Clyde Edwards Hilaire being probably uh, the most notorious of the group. Uh, he is questionable, and it looks like possibly truly questionable here with an illness missed a couple days of practice philip Lindsay and jerry judy also on the injury report listed as questionable i think both those guys are expected to play so it's ceh who is the guy we want to be keeping an eye on here in this game again remember 51 and a half point total pretty large total and you know chiefs are two touchdown favorites in this game i think you know when i mentioned game theory here and think about roster construction Obviously, we're thinking about ways to get in as many Chiefs and as few uh, Broncos as possible in this game, given where we think the production is going to go. Like, I mean, this Broncos team is not very good. Uh, I think, you know, if we're expecting the way this game is most likely to flow, it's, you know, Chiefs are covering whistle to whistle. And, uh, you know, it's a good situation for the Chiefs to be in. Um, you know, two touchdown favorites. Doesn't get much better than that in the NFL. So... You know, we can pretty much start Xing out players from the uh, Denver side of the football from the player pool uh, one by one, you know, methodically throughout a process. And, you know, obviously some of this is going to be price driven. Uh, some of it's going to be a matter of how expensive the Chiefs are, whether or not we can work all those guys into the the lineup the way we want to. You know, it starts sort of at the quarterback position where we've got Patrick Mahomes priced at thirteen two versus Drew Locke at nine two. So four thousand dollars savings. For Drew Locke, is Drew Locke worth it in this particular game? Obviously, the Broncos are coming off one of the more embarrassing games in NFL history uh, through no fault of, well, possibly through fault of their own, but we won't get into those details as they had no quarterback available to them. Uh, NFL made them play with Kendall Hinton as their starting quarterback, a guy who was a wide receiver on the practice squad. Just a tough, tough scene for Denver last week, but. So, you know, basically we have to throw out all the data that came out of that game, but we'll have Drew Locke back under center here this week. And, you know, we've seen Locke throw for monster yardage and garbage time, but not through, you know, the, the traditional first three quarters of the game. So maybe we get that again. And honestly, we are playing, you know, a pretty high variance game here in showdown. It may be made even more high variance by trying to project out what the garbage time production could look like for Denver. Because we know where the usual suspects are on the Kansas City side. We know Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. 
Uh, no, you know, nobody's you know getting snuck up on by Patrick Mahomes. We know those guys. Uh, but you know whether the garbage time forty yard bomb from Denver goes to Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy is going to change the dynamic of the slate. Um, so. Keep that in mind. I'd say this is a slate where you want to build a lot of lineups. Um, you know that that Chiefs side is going to be, you know, pretty tightly clustered. Um, you know, the production doesn't get too far outside those core guys. Um, but you could also think about a situation in which the Chiefs are pulling starters late into the fourth quarter. In that situation, you know, maybe Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey aren't even on the field. Maybe we're getting a lot of Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. As sort of the you know new starting options uh, out there for Kansas City in that situation for a quarter, like a full quarter, and um, you know and maybe we're not even getting Patrick Mahomes. This is a little presumptuous. I mean, it's putting a lot of stock into the Vegas total, but overall, I just want to you know, you know caution everybody about how variant a slate like this can be. Um, we're talking about fourth quarter gar- fourth quarter garbage production. There's literally no telling where it could end up going. Uh, so just make sure you have some guys who may be involved in that type of situation as well. So I don't have to get too, too deep into the quarterbacks. We know one has an uphill battle and one should coast throughout. I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a core part of what you're going to want to do offensively. Uh, he's the guy who is going to get them up to this two-touchdown lead. Um, and, and it's probably beyond that, uh, at least in my personal opinion. Uh, looking at the running back position, you know, figuring out CEH and Le'Veon is an interesting situation. If CEH sits, you know, if CEH costs $8,400 on the slate and Le'Veon $2,400, and we see just an increased load for Le'Veon Bell, hey, that's a good situation for us to be in. Le'Veon becomes a bit of a no-brainer there at $2,400 um, and, and essentially a full-time role. We'll expect him to split some with Daryl Williams, um, but that's really about it. Maybe a little bit of Darwin Thompson could mix in, but... Honestly, I would just limit your player pool to Le'Veon Bell and Daryl Williams in that situation. Obviously, that news will come out finalized 90 minutes before lock. Always want to make sure we're checking up on that. You know, in that running back situation for Kansas City, you're trying to figure out what does that look like in a situation where they are just dominating and it's the fourth quarter. Are they just going to feed those guys? And that hasn't really been their MO unless it's like literally the last drive or two of the game and the game is clearly out of control. Like they like keeping their foot on the gas via the passing game. So, you know, I don't project Kansas City to be like super run heavy in games where they're favored by tons of points. I just don't think that's the way they want to play. So overall, I tend to want to fade those running backs for Kansas City unless a situation where CEH sits and then Le'Veon becomes really just too cheap uh, to keep on the bench. So really interested in Le'Veon at 2,400, maybe even regardless of how this game goes. yeah, you know, I think he could be a core piece of what you're looking to build there. You know, at the receiver position for Kansas City, you know, Tyreek costs you 12-2, and he's just been absolutely nuclear over the last month. Uh, has, and his production has been, you know, uh, on the back of some really elite number target market share numbers: 41%, 32%, 33%. That's way up from what he was averaging first month of the season. Like if I compare that to his first three weeks 19 24 and 15 percent of the team's targets now at 41 32 33 big big difference from you know opening part of the season to where we are now for Tyreek Hill so overall I mean just he's in a great spot and not worried about Denver as a matchup or anything like that really just worried about you know how diverse this team can be at times sometimes we see Demarcus Robinson get involved sometimes we see 
Miko Harmon get involved? Uh, you know, we hadn't talked about Sammy Watkins, but Sammy Watkins, 7K, uh, could get involved as well. Uh, Watkins, probably one of my less preferred options in this particular game because, you know, at $7,000, he's he's far more expensive than Demarcus Robinson at 48 or Miko Hardman at 4400 And he's a type of guy who might be like the first guy they would take off the field in a situation where they are comfortably ahead. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins is you know super fragile guy, and they try to get him out. I mean, if you see Sammy Watkins catch a football, he almost always falls down immediately. This guy's not trying to go out there and break tackles. Dude's just trying to stay healthy, catch the ball, fall down, get to the next play. At least that's what I see when I turn on the film, you know, all 22, and watch Sammy Watkins uh, play. So overall, I am interested in Hardman's splash playability at 4,400. He's just not out there on the field enough. Only 30% of the snaps last week, 22% the week before. It is Demarcus Robinson, who is clearly the number three wide receiver in this offense. So it's Robinson that would edge out Hardman for me, uh, even with the $400 salary addition to Demarcus Robinson. And again, I think you project Demarcus Robinson to be out there all four quarters, no matter what the scoreboard says. On the Denver side of the football, Melvin Gordon, 7,800. Philip Lindsay, 4,200. <sighs> Man, I'm just not super interested on either of those guys. I think this game gets sideways and they get relegated to, you know, some really inefficient opportunities on the field. You know, Royce Freeman, $800. I don't think you can play him. Noah Fant now, $5,000. We're, we're in the wheelhouse now. I mean, Noah Fant sees strong usage for a tight end. He's averaging 19% of the team's targets on the year. You know, I would project that to be right around 20 here in this game. So, you know, right there with his, his typical average. And I think you can beat Kansas City in that area of the field. Uh, I think that's somewhere you can succeed if you're Denver. And he's an athletic guy. And we're talking about if, if you know, Kansas City is just giving them buffer and giving them space, Noah Fant can beat you on any level. So I like that versatility there for Fant. He's like one of a few tight ends in this league that could actually like rattle off a 70-yard touchdown on a catch and run. Uh, he's just that type of dude. Now, at the wide receiver position, it's Tim Patrick. It's Jerry Judy. It's K.J. Hamler who are out there the most for Denver. Um, you know, and Jerry Judy's just not had as strong of a role as you would hope over the last couple games as the usage has gone down, but that may have something to do with the scoreboard as well. Just a couple weird games there for uh, for Jerry Judy. So overall, um, yeah, I, I prefer Jerry Judy over Tim Patrick, 5,400 to 4,600. Uh, however, like I said, we're kind of dice rolling there. On the Denver side, I wouldn't put too much uh, faith into anybody. Uh, Fant would be my favorite there for sure there for Denver. Um, you know, you can consider playing a guy like Tyree Cleveland, who came in and played 26% of the snaps. If you're trying to get weird, $200 for Tyree Cleveland. And I think you're going to want to make sure that you have your defenses and kickers uh, exposure in this game as well. Just a little bit. I think, you know, we always say defenses tend to be overall so don't go crazy playing you know, Denver defense as part of your uh, portfolio of exposure. So why don't we take a look at the captain exposures here for this week, where it is Patrick Mahomes, once again, who pops up as the, the lead option here. And Patrick Mahomes, a guy who you know, has an ability to create points on the ground. Um, you know, we see Patrick Mahomes you know, scramble into the end zone when they get down inside the five. That's something he has in his toolkit. But he can also pay off Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and at least one other pass catcher all in the same game. And that gives Patrick Mahomes uh, you know, elite level ceiling. And we don't often get the quarterback captain preferential there, but we have it here with Patrick Mahomes. And in fact, it's Tim Patrick 
who's our number four option. So we get three Chiefs there on the list before we ever get to Tim Patrick. And this is assuming Clyde Edwards-Alaire plays in this game. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We will know for sure 90 minutes before this game starts. If he doesn't, that makes Le'Veon Bell much, much more interesting. So you think about what you have to do with the Patrick Mahomes captain lineup. You know, you have to be playing a variety, at least two, and probably as many as four pass catchers would pair up well with Patrick Mahomes in this particular contest. We want to be heavy on 5-1 roster construction. That is five Chiefs, one Bronco in this game. Uh, a little bit less on the 4-2 and uh, probably very little unbalanced in favor of the Broncos. Let's look at the flags where obviously Patrick Mahomes clearly I mean, just has to be in your lineup. It's There's really very little way that he is not in the winning lineup, just don't even think too hard about that. Your only decision with Mahomes should be whether he goes in your captain spot or not. Uh, so if you do flex him, it would be Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and then KJ Hamler there, uh, perhaps surprisingly, but maybe not considering his price. Uh, KJ Hamler, $1,800, and is running as the you know, pretty clear-cut number three receiver at this point in the offense, along with Patrick and Judy. Deshaun Hamilton, I suppose, is right there, but uh, give me Hamler and his upside any day of the week. So Hamler goes right there, and then it's Drew Locke. So Locke, we usually see the quarterbacks as the top two options uh, here on the on the flex appearances. Not for Locke. Um, you know, Locke is such a dog in this game. You know, it's completely possible that he doesn't even find the end zone. So overall, after that, it's Edwards Alaire, Le'Veon Bell. So back-to-back Chiefs running backs right there. Uh, so I think you know could be important for us to get at least one of those guys in the game. And you can see, even in a situation where we expect Le'Veon and CEH to play. Le'Veon right there with CEH in terms of likelihood to be in the flex. So overall, maybe that's a good sign for Le'Veon, especially given you know, what we expect that to look like if CEH misses. So overall, that's a lot of information. Again, I want to harp on the fact that we are focusing on you know Chiefs onslaughts. You know, basically situations where we are playing as few Broncos as possible, getting as much exposure to that prolific Chiefs offense as we can. I think if we do that, we'll have a pretty good week overall. So that's going to do it here for us on the Sunday night show. Tune back in tomorrow for the Monday night show. We'll be located over on the Mayo Media Network. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video. Appreciate everybody tuning in. See you guys tomorrow. Later.